What's cracking, big dogs? Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. I'm objective, and this is BDGE. Big dogs gotta eat fantasy football. Some of y'all are on with me right now live. This is what we do every Monday. We hang out. We talk recap. We talk about the football games that happened yesterday. The ones that are going to happen tonight. The one, singular. And we talk some week 12 waiver wire. Waiver wire. You know what's sad? Like it's 1 o'clock right now. The only thing I've eaten is an Altoid and coffee. That's really my, my in-season diet. It's pretty fucked up. Tell you what. The life of a video guy, the life of a YouTube guy, ain't all it's fucking cracked up to be. All right? You want to talk about what's cracking my fucking life right now. I'm a, I'm a fucking coffee and Altoid diet guy. Talk about fucking keto. It's fucked up. All right. Y'all are not here to listen to my fucking diet advice. Even though some of you guys are. I got some pretty good fucking diet advice, being honest here. What's cracking, everybody? What's good? What the fuck is an Altoid? What do you mean, what is an Altoid? An Altoid is basically if you took a piece of gum and shot each individual piece of gum with steroids, it would turn into an Altoid. It's a mint. Their slogan is the Curiously Strong Mint. The Curiously Strong Mint. It's almost like, okay, so you know how when you cook spinach, right? You put raw spinach onto a little a little uh, oven, a little fucking pan skillet or whatever, and as it cooks up, it shrinks. That's pretty much what a gum piece of gum would do into an Altoid. But an Altoid is much, much stronger. I can't believe you don't fuck with Altoids. Is that, that's not even a generational thing, because I feel like Altoids were probably more popular in the generation above me. That's just a fucking, that's just a game move. Honestly, like, Altoids are ultra swag. You don't know what Altoids are? I just assume you've got zero swag right now, okay? That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Week 11 in the novels. A lot to talk about. We got a lot of injuries, as always. Got an interesting week coming up. Thanksgiving slate. We've got three games on thy Thanksgiving slate. Let's put up the picture. Let's bring in the dancing lobsters. We've got the Texans at the Lions. Houston minus two and a half on the road over under of 51. Washington at Dallas. Dallas is minus two and a half favorite. 47 over under. And we've got Baltimore at Pittsburgh. 10 and 0. Only three and a half point favorites. Over under a 46. Okay. So those are the games we've got coming on Thanksgiving. And it's important to... Note these games because some players in these games are coming off of injuries. Even if they're very, very light injuries, they've only got a couple days to get ready and get bike on the field. Get bike on the field, okay? So keep that in mind as we're going through today's featured film. Keep it in mind as you are setting your lineups this week. We've got a lot of stuff going on on Thursday. Rankings, as always, will be out on Thursday on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash BDG. All right, let's talk injuries. Now, we had a super chat up there. Here's the thing. Uh, I want you guys not to 
send me super chats. Like, I don't want you to give me your money during these because the Tuesday live streams, I, I pretty much go through my notes. This is not really like a Q&A section. If I have time at the end of it, I will get into your into your questions and your Q&As and Q&Assaults and stuff right now. But withhold giving me money, please. Whole country in recession. But big dog's different. Only because I'm not going to be able to get around to Super Chats. All right, let's talk about the injuries. So uh, we've got the tweet. The tweet that's heard around the world. We've got the tweet heard around the world from Joey B. Joey Burrow, thanks for all the love. Can't get rid of me that easy. See y'all next year. And I just threw that y'all in there. It's fucked up because he's from the South and he didn't even use y'all, but I use y'all. I don't. I shouldn't use y'all because I'm from the East Coast, Northeast, New York, New York. I said drawer the other day. Like, I guess I say draw weird now that I think about it. Like a drawer, like you pull out a drawer. Like, I fucking weird when you say it like that. A drawer. Someone had to get their knife. I don't know why their knife was in my apartment. But she's like, where's uh, where's the knife I left here a couple of weeks ago? She's like, it's collection day. I was like, it's in the drawer. It's in the drawer. In the drawer. In the drawer. Joey Draw Burrow is hurt. Now, a lot of moving parts here with Joey B. A lot of moving parts here with Joey B. I'm sorry. The beginning of this fucking film has gone off the rails. So, with Joey B's injury... Uh, he's, he's confirmed a torn ACL. Now this is late in the season, obviously, right? Week 11. So while some of the reports are saying he should be good to go for 2021, I will have a little bit of skepticism towards this. Okay. Because there's going to be an MRI today and many people, many, many, many tremendous people that I follow on Twitter will tell you that there's probably additional damage to the knee as well. Okay. And here's why that's important, because when there's additional damage, along with just the ACL, these other parts of the knee, a lot of the times what happens is you need to give those other parts of the knee time for the swelling to go down so that you can op operate on the ACL. It's what happened with Saquon Barkley. Saquon didn't go under the knife for his ACL until about three or four weeks after the injury actually happened, which means the timetable for return also gets pushed back about a month. So keep a keep a very close eye on the additional injuries to Joey Burrow's knee when the MRI comes back. And the problem is if it does have additional injuries to it and it needs to be pushed back three or four weeks, you're putting his timetable. Uh, if he were to return for week one of 2021, that would be exactly nine months of rehab. And that is pretty much the minimum threshold for ACL injury returns. And that's, again, minimum, so wouldn't expect it to be 100%. And that could be an issue for a mobile quarterback like Joey Burrow, right? He's not he's not per se a mobile quarterback first, but he is definitely someone who's athletic. He's someone that is constantly on the move, especially given the fact that the offensive line is pretty trash in terms of blocking for him, like leading the NFL in sacks right now and under pressure or whatever. And we've seen quarterbacks before in past come off ACL injuries, one year removed from it, not really taking off, not really running, being a little bit hesitant, not being 100%. Uh, so I do have a little bit of concern for Joey Burrow's immediate future, just 2021. I'm not concerned about this like long-term, but I do think there are a little bit of uh, some red flags sprinkled in there, okay? Now, Ryan Finley comes in. Huge downgrade for everyone in the offense. We can look like it last year where we do have a three-game sample size where he came in for Andy Dalton. 
weeks 10, 11, 12 versus Baltimore versus the Raiders and versus Pittsburgh. So two very tough matchups. In those three games altogether, he threw for two passing scores, had two interceptions. So definitely not a fantasy guy. Uh, his passing yardage totals in those games were 167, 111, and 192. All of the wide receivers are getting downgraded. Boyd, Higgins, flex plays probably at best going forward. Tomorrow, I will continue to do the rest of season rankings videos. Uh, tomorrow, will be running back and wide receiver and the biggest risers and fallers coming off of this week. So stay tuned for that film tomorrow in theaters. Uh, if you want the rest of season rankings, those are also available on patreon.com forward slash BDGE. So important to note, last year, the, the three-game sample size we look at, AJ Green was on the field. They obviously didn't have T. Higgins on the roster. Uh, Boyd had a 23% target share. He had a 6-for-62 game against Baltimore. He also had a 5-for-101 and a touchdown game against Pittsburgh. But he had a one-target, zero-yard game smack in the middle of those two against what should have been the better matchup in the Raiders. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to get those inconsistent roller coaster type games from these players when you have an inconsistent roller coaster. Wow, this looks fucking epic. Roller coaster type quarterback. Now you're adding in target competition. So it's it's a huge downgrade. I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to move all of these guys. AJ Green, obviously, Auden Tate, those guys will be not even fantasy relevant. Uh, Higgins will probably drop down to like a bottom wide receiver three. Boyd, probably like a mid to high-ish wide receiver three. Not good for any of them. Uh, in terms of Gio Bernard, we know Joe Mixon's on the IR for a couple more weeks. Gio is like barely, uh, he's not a strong flex play really either because it's not like he's getting a ton of work. He's not getting a ton of work in the passing game. This offense is not going to score a lot. And that was always like something that kind of boosted him up to RB1 value. He seemed to score a lot in the games when Joe Mixon wasn't playing. And having Ryan Finley there is not going to dictate a lot of scoring opportunities. So not good. They play the Giants this upcoming week. They play Miami next. Now, I do want to touch on something quick early. And I tweeted this out yesterday. So if you're not following me on Twitter, Make sure you're doing so because I tweet things out that come into my fucking brain far earlier than I do the YouTube stuff at Nick underscore BDGE. Uh, the Giants were on a bye this week, which means two things. One, most people in their leagues probably dropped the Giants defense if they were even rostering them. Two, if you're in a league that does not do fab, which runs every, you know, every day usually, uh, and you're in like a regular free agent wire, pick up whatever, uh, the Giants will be available to pick up right now. Right, like they're not locked because they were a they're a bye week team. So you could probably go into your wire, and if they're available, you'll be able to pick them up right now, which you should do. Okay, Fungal, pick up the Giants right now. They're available. They play the Cincinnati Bengals next week. Okay, drop somebody that's playing in tonight's game. Drop somebody that's that already. I think uh, in one of my leagues, I dropped Michael P. Ryan for the New York Giants defense yesterday. So. That worked out. I would assume I would I would highly recommend you go check out and see if the Giants are on your wire right fucking now. Like literally get leave the video if you want. Go do it. Honestly, don't leave the video. If you're on your phone, do it on your laptop. If you're on your laptop, take your phone out and see what the fuck's up. All right. Next up, we've got Mr. Tua Tagliabella. Y'all know who I'm talking about when I say Tua. Double T's. Now, he was not hurt, apparently. He was not hurt. He was benched. And Ryan Fitzpatrick came in. Now, this is what we saw on the Twittergram. Afterwards, Brian Flores came out. Tua wasn't injured. We just felt it was the best move at this point in the game. We felt he gave us the best chance to win the game, et cetera, et cetera. So it was not an injury. There were some rumors going around that the last hit Tua took was like kind of a roll up on his ankle. And maybe they didn't feel 100% putting him back in there under pressure. Um, he did get looked at by the trainers. So maybe there's a little bit more to it. 
I don't know why they would hide that if that was the case, but I think that the offense there is not high-powered under Tua, right? Not high-powered under Tua, and they needed some upside to score because they were down two scores. And I think that Fitzpatrick is the one who can probably score a lot of points in a small amount of time. So they felt that, you know, right now, like Tua, yes, he was 3-0. and Most of that had to do with special team scoring and defensive scoring, and he had to be just a game manager, okay? I don't know if they're confident that he could actually lead a comeback in the passing game. Like when they get down big, yes, I understand he, he came back against Arizona, but they were down, uh, at, uh, the max amount of points that they were down were seven. They were down seven points and they had 17, it was in the third quarter. They had 17 minutes left to get bike those seven points. So I don't really consider that a comeback situation. They were down 10 points here with like 10 minutes left. They did not think Tua can orchestrate two scoring drives. They wanted fits in there for that upside because Tua is a guy, he's averaging like six yards per attempt, which is really, 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 really bad. Okay. Um, and that, that is nothing to say that like he won't progress into who we think Tua is going to be. But at this point in his career, he's three games into his NFL career. Let's not get fucking crazy. Let's not go wild here. It was just an odd decision. And I think it was a good decision by Flores. It obviously didn't work out, but do you have confidence that Tua can really roll up two touchdowns over the next 10 minutes? He hasn't shown that so far. Shown a lot of dink and dunk stuff. Um, he's not throwing it down the field whatsoever. I don't know if that's the offensive game plan. You know, rely on the defense, rely on the ground game, rely on special teams, and let Tua kind of game manage. But I would like to see Tua throw the ball down the field a little bit. It's just not happening. So um, interesting, interesting thing there. But apparently he's not hurt. He will be starting next week. They've already announced it against the Jets. So I would be pretty comfortable throwing Tua into my lineup as like a, you know, super flex. I think you can definitely start him against this Jets team that just got absolutely fucking slaughtered by Justin Herbert. Now we got Julio Jones. Julio Jones dealing with a hammy injury. He left the game originally when he tweaked his hammy, went into the tent, sat for a portion of the game, came back in, came back in, went a little, a little Irish on you there, came Bike in, caught a beautiful, caught a beautiful pass. Very important pass. It didn't end up being very important, but at the time it was very important. So shout out to Julio for coming in while I was hurt, being a fucking warrior, making a big play because that's what big players do. They make big plays in big fucking games. That's how you become a big player. Julio Jones, goat. Caught the ball, re-injured himself. Not goat. Not 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 the goat situation there. All right. So hurt, came back in, hurt again. I don't know what his status is going to be. Um, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury for like eight weeks now at this point, but he's been able to play through it fine. This seemed like a little bit more. He seemed like he was in a little bit more pain than usual. Okay. And if he does miss time, they play the Raiders and then they play the Saints again, two home games over the next two weeks. Now, Russell Gage had 12 targets in this game once Julio left. So if Julio does miss time, obviously that shoots Ridley up to a rock solid wide receiver one. And that means Russell Gage is a solid flex play. I'll give him a solid flex play. But I think the bigger concern here might be Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan does not look like the same quarterback when Julio is off the field, right? You have these three games when Julio did not play. And then uh, this is not taking into account the games where Julio, you know, started the game or played some of the snaps, but was off the field because he got injured that game, which would even probably bring these uh, numbers down even further. But in the, in the games where he doesn't have Julio Jones starting for him, uh, you could see that his passing touchdowns drop from 1.7 down to 1, and his interceptions go up from 0.6 to 1.3. So he's actually averaging more interceptions than touchdowns in games without Julio Jones. 
passing yardage 258 compared to 290 uh it's not a pretty sight so i would be a little bit concerned with matt ryan without julio jones on the field if that's the case but we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here because we don't know the severity of the injury uh julio's a tough guy and uh hopefully he's bike on the field next week we'll see we'll see rex burkhead he ain't gonna be on the field next week pretty pretty much confirmed it's gonna be a torn acl I don't think much changes in this backfield. Damian Harris is clearly the guy. Sonny Michelle, again, was inactive for whatever reason. Um, James White is not like, I don't know. People might get excited about James White, but this passing offense is just not one I really want a part of whatsoever. So I'll, I'd imagine Sonny Michelle will probably be active going forward, but just a breather back to Damian Harris. James White will get more snaps, um, but he's not the same guy as Rex Burkhead. Like when James White's on the field, you know he's not going to run the ball. Rex Burkhead is a guy who can do things on all three downs. So... This is more of a boost to Damian Harris, a little bit of boost to James White, but still not a guy I'm looking to get into my lineup. LaMichael P. Ryan possibly suffered a mid to high ankle sprain. We'll have to kind of wait on, on MRI results for that. Usually wouldn't care, and I probably still don't fucking care, but Frank Gore got 17 touches, got into the end zone. Uh, they get the Dolphins and the Raiders over the next two weeks, not teams you have to really necessarily be worried about against the run. So, you know, you could do worse than Frank Gore getting 17, 18 touches as a secondary flex play in your lineup. So um, I thought it was worth mentioning. We have Juju who's fucking slipping on banana peels on the field, slipped on a flag, hurt his ankle or something, uh, taped up, came back in, and uh, it might swell over the week. We'll see if if anything comes of it over the next couple of days. Important to note, again, they play on Thursday night against Baltimore Ravens. So if this does swell up, I don't know if he's a guarantee to play. Everything I've seen is pretty optimistic and not really a big deal with Juju. Uh, but again, four days, three days rest. So we'll have to just keep a, a close eye on it. And as I've been saying with the Steelers wide receivers, man, uh, I said this two weeks ago. I said it last week and I will continue saying it. I will keep ranking them. Deontay Johnson, Juju, Chase Claypool. Maybe this switches things over, but I will continue to put them in terms of talent, how I want to rank them and not think too hard about what they did last week. And is that going to reciprocate itself? Because it's probably not going to. So I'll keep continue to rank Deontay Johnson as the wide receiver one out there in Pittsburgh. And he keeps showing us why over and over again. Um, all solid wide receiver two plays, even though it's a tough matchup against Baltimore. Now, A.J. Brown hurt something at the end of the game. Hard to tell what happened. It was in overtime. I don't know if y'all were watching it, but it was like literally, the, I think it was the last passing play of the actual game. So we didn't really get to uh, read into the... We didn't get to read into... Sorry, let me look at this text real quick. EPA mod back on the average again. What the fuck is this? We got beef. We got beef. Y'all hear that? What the fuck is that? Someone's using a fucking jackhammer in the apartment above me. I hope they would just fall through and destroy my entire fucking place. Honestly, wouldn't even be fucking mad. It'd be great content. It'd be phenomenal content. Do you guys hear that in the background? Let me jump to YouTube to see the chat real quick. Do you guys are you guys picking that up? All right, cool. We will continue. We will continue onwards. Love y'all throwing the no in there. It's big on brand. Nick Ravens got COVID. Check Twitter. Ah, shit. Ah, shitters. This could be interesting because if it's Thursday night games, you know, they could be moved. 
to later on in the week. All right, well, just uh, something else you obviously have to keep an eye on. Maybe it's someone in the backfield not named J.K. Dobbins. It's a CIA sound weapon. You think they're just trying to get? You think they're trying to get their waiver wire claims in earlier than everybody else? They listen to me before everybody else. And they could just fucking join us live on YouTube. It ain't that big of a fucking deal. Skirt. All right, uh, AJB. So yeah, he like fell, was wincing about it. I don't know if it was an ankle, if it was a foot, if it was an arm. Uh, since it was the last passing play of the game, we didn't get to see if he was actually going to be off the field. So just keep an eye on that. I don't know. It could be literally nothing, but also could be not nothing. Okay. Words of wisdom could be something. It could be not something. Same thing with Jonah Smith. Re-injured his ankle, limped off under his own power. Uh, he came back in. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. But Corey Davis looking kind of gorgeous if something happens to AJB or Jonu Smith, even though he's looking good regardless. Uh, that's a funnel offense in the passing game, of course. It's Jonu, it's Corey, it's Jonu and AJ Brown. Jonu, AJ Brown, Corey. Corey, AJ Brown, Jonu. Jonu, Corey, AJ Brown, AJ Cole, Beasley. Skirt. All right. Let's move on to. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Okay. Um. Calvin Ridley, welcome bike, my friend. Five for 90, nine targets. Again, possibly no Julio. They get the Raiders. They get the Saints. Ridley's got three games on his career resume without Julio Jones. He has seen 11 targets, seven receptions, and 112 receiving yards per game. Light him up, fire him up. Wide receiver won in five career games versus the Saints. If it happens to be a multi-week injury, I'm getting way fucking ahead of myself. But Calvin Ridley versus the NFC South is an unfair matchup. It is disgusting. It is criminal. And he is averaging 20 and a half PPR fantasy points per game against the Saints in his career. Welcome, bike to Terry McLaurin. Wasn't injured. Just uh, I'll, I'll always welcome Terry McLaurin bike to my TV screen. It's great to see him every single Sunday. Michael Thomas. He's been biked, but this is really his first, first, first time really, really getting biked this season, okay? Um, and we're going to talk about Taysom Hill a little bit later in the feature film. Basically, like Keenan Allen's Keenan Allen to Taysom Hill's Justin Herbert. I don't know if I said that equation correctly, but y'all know what I fucking mean. He saw 11 of Taysom Hill's 23 targets, um, caught a lot of balls, had a lot of yards, looked good, looked like Michael Thomas, and that is fantastic going forward because he will be moving up my rest of the season wide receiver rankings, of course, which again... We'll Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Come out tomorrow, and y'all can get right now on patreon.com forward slash bdge i need to cut my fucking hair it's out of control speaking of cutting my hair i not only need to cut the hair up here but i need to cut it down there and the way i do so is through manscaped 
Manscaped. Manscaped.com. It'll keep your turkeys clean. It'll keep your Brussels sprouts clean. Manscaped.com. The Lawnmower 3.0 is literally one of my favorite objects of the 2020 year. There's not been a lot of positives in the year 2020, but the Lawnmower 3.0 drop has been one of the very few. Okay. You will never cut yourself. It is waterproof. You could do it in the shower. No hair everywhere. Your wife's not yelling at you. It's a perfect gift coming up for the holidays. Listen, you want to get your son if you're if you're a fucking older man right now and you're like, I don't know what to get my son for Christmas. I don't do fucking, I don't do feelings. I'm not good at giving gifts. Boom, right here. It's a funny gift, first of all, but it's also awesome. And and they got these fucking packages there where you get ball toner. It's called the crop reviver, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, and also more ball toner. So it keeps your shit clean. I, it's pretty fucking beautiful along with this bag. This carry bag is actually low key. I, I bring this everywhere. It's like leather. It's real nice. You put all your shit in there. You put all your running backs, all your fantasy wide receivers. You put all Jonathan Taylor's carries in there, which don't amount to a lot, which is why it fits in this bag. Manscaped.com is beautiful. It's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful time of the year to invest in gifts for your loved ones. Manscaped.com. If you use promo code BDGE at checkout, you're getting 20% off plus free shipping. You can't beat it. Okay. You can't beat it. You won't cut it. If you support the brands that support us, you are supporting us. Okay. So whenever we plug a Manscaped brand like that, it's really to support us. Okay. So if you support us, we support you. I'll keep doing these fucking videos. Unfortunately, Jonathan Taylor, welcome bike. Welcome bike. My friend, Here's a little breakdown from Mr. Podfather, Mr. Matt Kelly. Colts backfield breakdown. Snaps. Taylor had 38 snaps. Hines 28. Wilkins 9. Routes. Hines still led in 19. With 19, Taylor had 9. He was second. Targets, though. He led with 4. 26 touches for Jonathan Taylor. Two red zone touches. 15.4 fantasy points. The volume was there, and that's really all we're getting from Taylor on a good day, right? To have 26 touches and end up with 15 fantasy points is disappointing, but it's good to see that they let the boy ride a little bit. He had a lot of a lot of yardage called back from penalties. I know he had the 20-yard touchdown run called back from penalties. I know y'all are going to complain about that, but it was a wide fucking hole that was attributed to the holding. Like, listen, it, 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 you can't be like, oh, he had 20-yard touchdown called back because it wouldn't fucking happen if the holding didn't happen, all right? Huge fucking hold because they cheated. Learn the fucking rules, Colts offensive line. Learn the fucking rules. Don't hold. We don't have to have people crying about Jonathan Taylor's 20-yard touchdown run being fucking brought back. But I digress. A lot of holding calls. They had like 17 holding calls that would have gotten him an extra like 12 fantasy points. So there was definitely uh, bright news there for Jonathan Taylor owners. Are we comfortable with him going forward? I mean, I'm a little bit more comfortable this week. I think it's just like the hot hand, and he kept fucking things up in the beginning of games, which led him to be pulled. I think they want to use him. I think they want him to be the guy, but at some point, it's hard to trust him. So they're going to continue to go with the hot hand, but I think they're going to continue to give Taylor that push to see if he can become the hot hand on a weekly basis. Let's bring up his matchups over the next 72 weeks. We're going to go through the next five years of his career in terms of matchups. You guys ready? Buckle up. Stop fucking yelling. Taylor. So fantastic matchup against Tennessee. Fantastic matchup against Houston. The Raiders. Fantastic matchup against Houston again. So the next four weeks could be monster games for Jonathan Taylor. 
I'm going to be looking at him as uh, probably an RB2, like a low-end RB2 right now, because again, we don't know what the hot hand is going to bring, but it was nice to see them put a little bit of trust bike on his fucking name, all right? I One other thing I thought was interesting, man, and I tweeted this out earlier, so we're through 11 weeks, through 11 weeks, and five of the top 16 fantasy running backs in 2020 are rookies. We have James Robinson at running back four, CEH at running back nine, Antonio Gibson at running back 10, DeAndre Swift at running back 15, Jonathan Taylor at running back 16. This is obviously with DeAndre Swift missing this week's game. Um, and Monday Night Football didn't happen yet. So Ronald Jones is already the RB13, so he won't be changing those rankings. Darrell Henderson is like running back 21. If he gets 13 half PPR fantasy points tonight, he will pass Taylor, now, but Taylor with that. But right now, five of the top 16 fantasy running backs in 2020 are rookies, which is interesting because they had so much hype going into the year. And by all intents and purposes, they've most of them have been very disappointing. Outside of James Robinson, most of them have been disappointing. Like you could say, oh, Clyde, you know, is the running back nine. How is he disappointing? It's like, listen, if you own Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know he's been fucking wildly disappointing. He's had his good games, but for the most part, he has not produced as a consistent RB1. Um, so it's been an interesting year. Obviously, a lot of the top running backs are hurt, right? We got C Mac, we got Barkley, we got Mixon, we got all those guys banged up. We have Eckler, of course. And um, and that's gonna push things up a little bit. So most of these guys wouldn't be top 16. They'd probably be flirting with like top 20 numbers, but it's just an interesting year for 2020. Uh, I, I think it's just a very down year for running backs. And you're going to hear me talk about this a lot in the off season, how we were so high on running backs coming in. We love the middle part of the wide receiver position when we were attacking drafts. And I will probably go right back to that strategy in 2021 fantasy drafts because the value of the running backs are going to be lowered a little bit. People are going to be like, oh, you know, it's the wide receivers are fucking bike. Devontae Adams, bike. All these fucking guys, bike. I'm going to be like, nah, fuck that. Running bikes again. Run bikes again. Run it fucking bike. Run bike to run bikes. Early run bikes. Run bike. Skirt. All right. Uh, random waiver ads that I think need to be on thy radar are just outside of Jonathan Taylor, who we just talked about, who is not a free agent, but the rest of his offense, the rest of his offense, Philip Rivers, I know he like injured his calf at the end of the game, but he's going to be fine. He's not going to miss the game. He has 300 yards passing and or three plus passing touchdowns in four of the last five games that he's played in. His schedule, like I just said with Jonathan Taylor, Tennessee, Houston, Las Vegas, Houston, all very good quarterback matchups in fantasy. Okay. So Rivers is not a guy you're getting excited about, but he's giving you a really fucking solid floor and he's played fantastic over the last month, month and a half of the season. And the matchups are beautiful, which leads us to his number one wide receiver right now. And Michael Pittman, who has put together three consecutive confidence building games, three weeks ago, seven targets, 56 yards, two weeks ago, eight targets, seven catches, 101 yards. And this previous game, he caught all three of his targets, 66 yards and a touchdown. Now what's big here. What's big here is it's not a committee. He's not getting lucky on deep shots, et cetera. He played 16 more snaps than the next closest wide receiver on Sunday, yesterday. He is the clear wide receiver one there. He played on like 67 or 68 snaps. T.Y. Hilton, Marks Johnson played on around 50. So he's getting a lot more play time than these other guys. He is the clear wide receiver one right there. And uh, and he needs to be picked up. I think he's only owned in like 45% of leagues, but I could easily see him being a wide receiver two, strong flex play for the remainder of the year. And in terms of defenses, I already talked about the New York Giants. You want to go get them right now if you can. Uh, I like Green Bay at home versus Chicago. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be for Chicago, so they don't have the line up for the game yet. 
but Green Bay is going to be very, very heavily favorited. It's probably going to be a low scoring over under there. So I like Green Bay a lot as a streaming option on defense. Now, I was thinking about putting J.K. Dobbins into the welcome bike segment, but I didn't because like he didn't really go anywhere. He's barely like been here. Ah, fuck it. Welcome bike, J.K. Dobbins. Ravens final HB snap count. J.K. Dobbins 41, Gus Edwards 13, Justice Hill 7, Mark Ingram 6. Wow, Justice Hill got more run than Mark Ingram, huh? So Dobbins finally had like this breakout game. And it's very much like Swift's last game where it wasn't just a few big plays that skewed the production. It was actually playtime. And it was actually the snaps and the routes run and all of that shit kind of came together for the first time this year, which can give you confidence going forward. Dobbins had 15 carries. Ingram and Gus combined for five carries. He also had the only two running back targets. So 17 touches for Dobbins is exactly what we're looking for with a guy like that, with an explosive playmaker like Dobbins. He had all three red zone touches for the running backs. He had the only goal line carry, which he converted into a touchdown. So everything looks good on paper. Everything looks good on paper. But I would be lying if I said I was extremely confident in J.K. Dobbins on Thursday night. They're playing in Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh. So a very tough matchup, obviously, for running backs. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if I trust them to just continue giving Dobbins 70% of the carries or they're going to go right back to a committee here. So I'm not as as confident as probably most people are. I think rest of season, you can look at him as like a mid to high RB2. But for this week, he'll probably be more like the RB18 to 22 range, given the matchup. I know he had a good game against Pittsburgh the first time, but lightning don't strike twice for the most part, especially against the Pittsburgh Steelers run defense. They're going to look at the tape. They're going to say, this is what we did wrong. This is what we did right. This is how we stopped J.K. Dobbins because they obviously don't have to stop the Ravens through the air. So he will probably be a key of the defense there. And then second, again, like in the range of outcomes, this is how you need to be ranking players rest of season. It's not just black and white. It's not just like, oh, J.K. Dobbins is either the RB1 and an RB1 in fantasy or he's not. It's like a lot of things can happen, right? Bad matchup coming up. Also, there's the chance that this just goes right back to a committee, right? And then everyone's disappointed again. We've we've been here very, very, very many times with Dobbins. But good to see overall if you if you held on to Dobbins and you've been um, you know, stashing him on the bench. He could be in for a big end of the year in fantasy. Taysom Hill. Obviously, we got to talk about Taysom Hill. 233 passing yards, 10 rushes, 51 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. But yet, but yet he was a stupid ass wide receiver on Flea Flicker. Dumbass fucking two bit, corrupt ass, no money having, nobody fucking wants to invest in your bullshit ass platform Flea Flicker less than be a fucking wide receiver. Are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? I'm looking at you, Flea Flicker. I'm going to lose a game. I'm going to lose a playoff spot because fucking Flea Flicker had him listed as a wide receiver. Someone got to play him as a flex, and it's a super flex league, so we got to play fucking Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, and Taysom Hill. And I lost by like 21 points. Taysom Hill put up like 28 in a fucking wide receiver spot, in a flex spot, fucking out of control. Like getting, getting a lot of questions. Are they going to keep the? Are they going to keep the designation for Taysom Hill? going forward so here's here's in the in my experience in fantasy here's usually what happens these platforms almost never take away a designation so if they came into the year with a wide receiver or a tight end designation attached to the quarterback 
they almost never, ever, ever take it away. So I don't think whatever platform you're playing on that has him as a tight end or running back or a wide receiver or whatever fucking bullshit platforms they want to mess around with right now, I don't think they're going to take him away. However, sometimes they will add. I've seen people, I've seen them add designations to players, so that's a possibility. Um, I don't know if that would ever be the case in this situation, considering I think every platform at least had him as a quarterback to begin with and as one of the two designations. I do think there there's a possibility living in today's day and age, today's social media age, in the cancellation era, where you've got motherfuckers like me trying to cancel Flea Flicker for doing this stuff. If they get, this is a possibility, if they get enough hate via social media about the designation, like if people are really serious about it, and uh, and yell at them enough on social. There's a possibility that one of these platforms like backs down, and they're like, "You're right. He's not a fucking wide receiver because he didn't run any fucking snaps at wide receiver. He doesn't catch passes. He's playing quarterback. So why don't we take away the wide receiver designation? Yes, that would be really, really nice, Flea Flicker. Um, but if I had to guess, I would say they don't change shit. And it's fucking the league is ruined. Everybody's ruined. This is fucking dumb. Alvin Kamara ruined first career game without a catch. First career game for Alvin Kamara without a catch. Should we be concerned? I mean, listen, yeah, it's a little bit concerning. Him and Latavius Murray split the touches evenly. 13 rushes for Kamara, 12 for Latavius Murray. Latavius had two catches or two targets. Did he have two? I think he had two catches. Uh, Alan Kamara had one target. So in terms of opportunities, they were dead even. And if Kamara's not getting dump offs, this could be a problem, right? As I said before, MT saw 11 of 23 targets. There's a 47.8% target share. Emmanuel Sanders had five targets, had a, just a fucking awful deep ball by Taysom Hill that he ended up catching, which amounted for like most of his statistics. So uh, Sanders had five targets, Latavius had two targets, and then between Kamara, Jared Cook, D. Harris, Troutman, they all had one target. D. Harris, I don't know if, is there a single team, there's not a single team in the NFL without a guy named D. Harris on their team. Like when you're looking at box scores and shit, there's a D. Harris on every team, and he's a wide receiver slash weapon slash returner on every team. Every D. Harris in the world is a specialist on an NFL team. The fucking, that's a, that's a fact. Fact, not opinion. So Kamara, I mean, he's obviously still a, a high-end RB1. And this is literally a one-game sample size. He could catch seven passes next week, and then everyone will calm down again. Like, do you remember in week one with Austin Eckler? Everyone's like, oh my God, he only saw like two targets. He's never going to fucking do anything in fantasy again. And still with Tyrod under center, he caught like six passes the next game. Okay. Um, again, so I'm not, let's not go nuts over fucking one game sample sizes, people. But we will talk about it tomorrow in more depth in the rest of the season rankings video with risers and fallers. We'll see if Kamara moves a little bit bite there because there are some high end talents that have phenomenal schedules going forward. <clears throat> Derrick Henry, we'll see who jumps who. We'll see who jumps who, right? Again, those rankings available, patreon.com forward slash BDGE. So while we're on the discussion of bullshit-ass quarterbacks, why don't we talk about Carson Wentz? Good God. He was just so bad in this one. He's like leading the NFL in sacks, taking interceptions. They can't, they, they can't convert on a fucking third down. Like, a third and 15 draw play would probably be a higher percentage conversion rate than whatever the fuck the Eagles are doing right now. It's so bad out there in Philadelphia. It's so bad. And Carson looks so bad. 
What this tells me is what this tells me at this point is that they're probably not confident in Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. Because if they had confidence in whoever was behind Carson Wentz at this point, they have to have played him. So it could tell you that they're not ready. They're, they don't think Jalen Hurts is ready right now. But he's obviously someone that you need to be stashing in super flex leagues. Because if he comes in, he can give you that Taysom Hill-like fucking game, right? 10 rushes, 50 yards, a couple touchdowns on the ground. That's obviously what Jalen Hurts brings to the table. But again, it's, it's, it's such a beat-up offensive line that like throwing a rookie under there who's not ready could really fuck him up long run. Um, so I don't know, man. Carson Wentz is ugly. Uh, fucking Lee. Speaking of ugly, we got ugly Christmas sweaters up in the shop right now. Bigdogsfantasy.com. That's animals fucking entire eight first rounds of the E-Town get down draft. It's plastered on an ugly sweater. It's beautiful. That's what I'll be wearing in my potties. All right. What else do we got? What else do we got? Let's hit up YouTube. What's up people in the chat? What up, what up, what up? No clue how the Saints won. Taysom Hill looked awful throwing the ball. That's what happens when you play against the Falcons. Everyone looks fucking incredible. Yo, Nick, why doesn't she like me? Uh, you're, you're probably ugly. You're probably ugly or, or, uh, or clingy. One of the two. just kidding I'm being objective taste mill crush it as a tight end yeah of course I'm at fucking taste mill crush it when you're a fucking quarterback you better crush it as a tight end yo what's up Jacinto 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 sounds like a hella good salsa What do you think about Gaskins going forward? Uh, well, Gaskins is eligible to return this week. But like I said last week, just being eligible to return from the IR after three weeks does not mean you're ready to. He might have four or five-week return timetable. I don't know, man. Antonio Gibson, RB1, rest of the season. Yeah, I think I had a, I think I had him at running back 12 last week in the rest of the season running back rankings. So... Uh, I mean, he's definitely not moving down after this week. What else we got here? Animal matchup update. Oh, this is huge. This is fantastic. So, so animal, it's fantastic. Animal's down, uh, Animal's down by seven. He's basically down by eight. He's down by eight. Eric, who's in second place right behind me, already finished. All of his players already went. Animal has Josh Reynolds and Ronald Jones going tonight. He needs eight points between Josh Reynolds and Ronald Jones. He got a zero in his tight end spot from Hayden Hurst. So tonight, Animal needs eight points from Ronald Jones and Josh Reynolds. And I'll be honest, if I was Animal, I'd be fucking sweating. Like there's a chance that Josh Reynolds catches like one ball. And there's a chance that Ronald Jones just gets benched for Fournette. Like all of those are in the range of outcomes. Like there's a very good chance he loses this game. I'd I'd, I'd pin him as the favorite. I'll, I'll I'll throw the matchup up for you. Hold on. Here's Animal's matchup. He's down by eight. 
Reynolds and Jones tonight. If I ask him if he thinks he's going to win tonight, I'm, I'm going to text him right now, actually, and see. What, I'll show you guys his response. He's just going to say no. I said, do you think you're going to win each time I get down tonight? I need that on-brand reaction. I just need to know. He's got to be so fucking nervous. 0-10. That'd be beautiful because he would knock down the second-place guy. The third-place guy lost, which would put me in first with a two-game lead with three weeks left to play. Fucking love that. Fucking loves that. Think it would be smarter to play Fournette and Jones for safety. That's not a. That's really not a bad idea, actually. I forgot he had Fournette on his bench, and those guys are in the flex. Um, I can't believe he sat DJ Moore for fucking Josh Reynolds against Tampa Bay. Like animal. This is why. This is why he loses these fucking games. Like, what are you thinking? Why are you sitting DJ Moore for Josh fucking Reynolds or Jamison Crowder? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I never know what he's doing back there all right animals not going to answer uh tomorrow we are cooking up for fdp we're filming this animal not watch your videos uh, I don't know. I don't fucking care. Animal just does what he wants to do, and it's always wrong. So, um, yeah, tomorrow they're coming over. We're gonna be we're gonna be uh, cooking up a bunch of shit for Thanksgiving episode, which will be fun. We'll do a we'll probably do a pretty sizable vlog in the beginning of the episode, and then it'll be out Thursday morning. So that should be a, a fun one. Um. That's all I got for y'all up to this point. Um, so, if y'all enjoyed, make sure you hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Tomorrow's video will be the rest of season running back and wide receiver rankings updated. Again, you can get that on patreon.com forward slash BDGE. Y'all could text me, sweet nothing, send me news, whatever you want to do right here. I will try my best to answer. I love y'all. I'm out. Fuck Dan Quinn. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.